0: Family some time ago was sharing with me the struggles with three of their kids, and they are pretty close in age, one to another. And um, the second one had to leave behind the pacifier. So these are small kids. And, well, he, he had a hard time doing that, and so he kept stealing his little sister's pacifier over and over again. And every time he did it, he ran away with it uh, and hide under a bed. Well, it was pretty easy to catch him because he always hide under the same bed. But it struck me that that's precisely what happened with Adam and Eve. After the sin, they try to hide away, and that is precisely the same thing that happens today in the gospel. The Lord says, "Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come." toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. The example I just mentioned is a silly one, but it just shows how it is to live in the shadows, in darkness. We do what what is wrong. We try to hide it from others. We try to cover it up somehow. We pretend it never happened, and we try to do away with it. Though, sometimes it might happen that we are haunted by the memory of what we've done. And that could be something tremendous as well, because that those memories could haunt you and, and sort of torture you. The Russian, famous Russian author, Fyodor Dostoevsky, he wrote a novel, it's called Crime and Punishment, It's a very psychological novel, it's a great novel. It's hard to read, it's a thick book, but in it, it's a story of a college student who's very, very poor. He's studying in St. Petersburg, and he has no money. He has to um, give his things away to survive, it's a a long story, very tortuous story. But in the end, um, the plot of it is that he, He's almost forced, not forced totally, but to sell his belongings. And ultimately, he commits not one, but two murders. He kills two old ladies. And after that, he he runs away. He's not caught. And the entire book, which, as I say, is very torturous, it's about him running away from everybody and trying to keep it uh, secret, so that nobody knows. And at one point there is a wonderful conversation in between the the guy, the the student, his name is Raskolnikov, and another one, and they are discussing about what to do in Russian society with thieves. They have a great conversation, but I will just point out to you the punchline of that conversation, which is the following. They're talking about not only what to do, but what happened to the person. And as he talks, he says, if he, the thief, has a conscience, he will suffer for his mistake. That will be his punishment, as well as the prison. And if you're reading the book, you know he's talking about himself and his own punishment. Dostoevsky acknowledges that the one who has a conscience suffers while acknowledging his sins. That is the punishment. When we decide to live in the shadows, in darkness, we try to hide away, even from ourselves sometimes. But we know that that's not possible. And in contrast with this is the reality of God. God is described in the New Testament in many ways But St. John, who wrote the gospel we just read today, in his first letter he says the following. He says, now this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. Why light? Out of all the elements he could have chosen to Uh, to to draw an analogy with God, he chooses light, which is a very almost imperceptible, if you want, uh, element. You cannot grasp light. Now, scientists can explain light and all that. But think about someone in the first century. Light is magical. It's unexplainable, almost. But it's only through the light that you are able to contemplate the beauty that surrounds you, color, and all the majestic things we have around us. And it's if you want, because you cannot grasp it, you cannot get a hold of it, it's the most spiritual element. It is kind of spiritual, in a sense. And so that is why, over and over again in the New Testament, this theme appears and reappears over and over again. For instance, St. Paul talking about Jesus, he says, Christ Jesus alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light. A couple of weeks ago we were reading how Jesus was transfigured and shown. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of faith, have the light of life. And we are called, we know, to walk in the life. We are children of light, says St. Paul again. So I don't want to go over with all these quotes because I could quote many more passages of the New Testament that speak about the same thing. God is light, we are to shine with His light. Out of this, A very simple option is before us. We either go towards darkness or we go towards a light. We can choose to hide our intentions and actions and present our pretty faces so that people think better of us, or we can live openly, live openly because we have nothing to regret because we act with right conscience in front of others and of God Himself. And we are called to be children of light because we have a right conscience. We do what we think is best. I think one of the greatest sources, this is one of the greatest causes for what we call white lies. A friend of mine told me that um, he got a, his first job, this is some years ago, and he was there and his boss was assigning him more and more um, tasks to perform. And so he was very happy, taking the, performing pretty well. And one time he had to write a certain email to a certain person that it was very important. And he totally spaced out. So his boss came into the office and said, Do you remember to, have you sent that email? And he he was petrified. The cell phone of his his boss starts to ring, and so he picks up the call. He said, just a second, he picks up the call. So the guy who was working on the computer very quickly sends an email out. That same email that he hasn't sent for the past, I don't know, 10 days. The boss hangs up. And he says, so have you sent the email? Yes, I'm waiting for a response. And he was sharing with me, well, technically I didn't lie, but I was not going towards the light. I was not going towards the light. And that could happen to you and me. The rector in the seminary here at Mount Angel while we were studying theology repeat over and over again, you are as sick as your secrets. Your are sick as your secrets. Of course, there are always confidential things that we must not disclose to everybody. But we should have an easiness about, an openness about our lives. And this demands a very profound conversion from us. Not the conversion of, um, that we usually think about, the conversion of our own intentions. Why do we do what we do? It's a very profound conversion to undergo. Because there's always, when we don't act according to the light, we always try to protect something. We try to protect our good name, our reputation, our self-image. We just cannot accept that we failed, that we've forgotten to do what we have to. So we defend something instead of bringing it to the Lord. What can we do? Well, there's two things that I propose to you. First, be aware of those red flags in your life. When you try to hide something away from the people around you, ask yourself, that's a red flag, ask yourself, why? What am I hiding from? Why do I need to, to not to present it openly? Because you will always find something there. And the second thing is to rectify. You know, our, our lives and our more than our lives, our hearts are like need to be rectified over and over again, many times. It's like you buy a new car. And if you let go of the steering wheel, it keeps on going straight. But if your car is an old car, you let go of the steering wheel, and it either goes to the right or to the left. It doesn't stay on track, right? Well, that's, that's what happens with our heart. Eventually, we have to rectify our path. Rectify meaning say to us again, confess to us again, what is it that we're looking for? And for that, something very simple that we always repeat is to offer things to the Lord and to say, Lord, I offer them to you for Christ, with Christ, like, like Christ. It's a very simple, easy way to remember on how to rectify our lives. And so I invite you to, throughout the rest of Lent that we have, and always really to rectify your intentions. This is one of the many conversions that the Lord invites us to.